ComC is excited to announce their latest grading partnership with PSA, the largest and most trusted third-party authentication and grading company in the world. With over 30 million raw cards available through our marketplace, ComC is expanding upon our effortless grading experience for you to buy, sell, and grade your sports, Marvel, and TCG cards. Don't forget to submit your cards for grading today with ComC Direct to Grading. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. You are hearing from a tired and worn out Wax Pack Hero today. I am worn out after spending the week up at the National in Rosemont, Illinois, suburb of Chicago. It was a great experience this week, but man, did it tire me out. I had a, I had a great time. I started on Wednesday. I was there before the show opened on Wednesday to pick up my pass and was able to, to catch lunch with some friends. I, I had lunch to start the National with Val Mars and King NASCAR, Logan himself, and we had lunch to kind of kick things off for the week, and and it was a, a great way to get the, the event started. And after that, we headed back to the show floor. We were able to get in before the VIP party, before the, the general public started to come in, and I was able to start to interact and mingle with some of the dealers and corporate uh, vendors and booths that were set up and really start to get a feel for what this year's national was going to be like. My plan for these next couple episodes is to actually split some conversations into two different episodes. I was able to record about seven different interviews, uh, kind of a mix of dealers, corporate vendors, as well as other content creators, podcast hosts, and collectors that were out there on the floor. And I wanted to kind of split those up throughout the next couple episodes to give everybody out there a feel for what that experience was like to be able to hear some perspectives from dealers, corporate and and vendors, as well as collectors. And so that's what my plan is for these next couple episodes. So I hope you enjoy them. I'll pop in and out to kind of introduce or kind of wrap up the conversation that I had that I am, am getting ready to share. But that is my plan for these next couple episodes. All right, let's get things started. Like I mentioned, I opened up my 2023 national experience getting lunch with the NASCAR radio guys, Val and Logan. And Logan actually hooked me up with my first Uno NASCAR card from the 80s. And it's a, it's a sweet one. So check out the uh, Instagram and, and Twitter and threads if you want to see a picture of that NASCAR Uno card that he gave me. But we started with lunch. And then after lunch, I went back onto the show floor and I got my shopping started. My main goal for this year was to complete my 1961 Topps baseball set, and I needed 15 cards to do that. And that included some of the big boys, uh, the two mantles, there was two errands I needed, a Willie Mays I needed, and some high numbers. 15 cards is what I needed, and I knew where I wanted to start my search, and that was with Craig Halbig. Craig was somebody who I had first heard about on Mike Moynihan's show, and I wanted to check out his vintage tables first because he focuses and specializes on bringing a wide variety of vintage cards to help people complete their sets 
That's where I wanted to start first. I was able to find, I think, six or seven of those 15 cards at his table. And after we got done shopping, or after I got done shopping, I had a chance to catch up with him for a couple minutes and, and talk with him about his plans for the show and his experience. And I'll go ahead and run that conversation now. All right, I am here with Craig Halbig. We are at his booth, focusing mostly entire. Well, I should say mostly. It's entirely focused on vintage cards. I first heard of you, Craig, on Mike Moynihan's show. Mm -hmm. I wanted to come here see if you could help me work out some uh, of the the needs that I had for my 1961 set. You were able to do that. Thanks a lot. Just to start with, thanks a lot for helping me on those. You bet. Glad to help. What national is this for you? This would be my fourth national. This will be my third national in Chicago. Okay, so three in Chicago, and then what was the other one? Atlantic City was last year. So when I kind of when I retired uh, from Walmart, then I was able to kind of do some more shows. And of course, this is a full week commitment, so um, it's worked out better for us to do the nationals now. So this is my third national in Chicago. And then you also do a few of the other regional shows in the kind yeah. of Midwest region. I do. I do uh, two shows, usually a spring and a fall, in Nashville, Tennessee. And I do the Midwest Monster in Indianapolis. And then I did do Strongsville, Ohio, which is a just really a pure vintage show. That show's been around a long time. Um, I did that show this year, too. So, What led to your entire focus being on vintage? Was that kind of just what you had collected on your own and then yeah. started buying and selling stuff, too? or? So, yeah, when I was in probably 7th or 8th grade, um, you know, I started watching the Cracker Jack Old Timer games and started going to malls. And instead of buying, and I've got, don't get me wrong, I've got some 80s cards, but I was going through books of cards in the 50s and 60s and buying Hall of Famers back in the 80s for a dollar or whatever it was, or $2 a piece, and started collecting. And then when I was in eighth grade, um, my mom and dad, they, they made me a wooden showcase, so I did my first card show. And they take me to a hotel, and I'd set up and sell some cards and then I kind of started building my collection and, um, you know I through college and those things you know I kind of got away from it a little bit but there's always been that passion about uh, vintage sports cards and just enjoying the game and I you know played baseball and I uh, and I coached baseball so do you have a collection for yourself what do you yeah. what is it that you collect for your own collection yeah so you know back in the 80s um, you know I got to go to some card shows I remember Mantle Johnny Mize and Whitey Ford were at a show. I got their autographs, and I met a lot of guys like Ed Roush, who was the oldest living Hall of Famer at one time when I was young. And from there, just started collecting autographs. Uh, of course, buying old cards, so I've got you know a lot of older complete sets. Uh, T206 Hall of Famers, Gaudis, uh, Hall of Fame rookie cards. Um, just then all kinds of oddball stuff, like you know, 72 poster sets or hostess panel sets. Um, just all kinds of all kinds of oddball stuff. Any Hall of Famers, you know, I like that stuff. Uh, of the rookie cards, a lot of that stuff's graded. 53 Bowman Color is one of my favorite sets. And I've got 60s sets and some 50 sets. And so, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we're talking here before the show opens on Wednesday. I know you still got a little bit of work to do to get things set up, so I'll let you go. But if for those who are not here at the show, is there a way to, to get in touch with you or to, to track you down if somebody's looking to complete some of these vintage sets? So I don't do a whole lot of that. Just, uh, you know, I, mostly I just do the shows. Okay. But I do have a few, you know, people will contact me once in a while through Facebook. I'm on Facebook. But I don't really do the, 
many podcasts. Maybe okay. I'm just a little bit outdated. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do enjoy uh, helping people fill their sets at the shows. So I, I do a lot of that. So, like I said, the next shows would be uh, in Nashville, Tennessee in October. Uh, and then I'll be doing a small show in Evansville, Indiana, uh, also in October. So I'll be doing that. And I may, I used to do on eBay and do that. I may get back into that next year. We'll see how it goes. Because it's definitely a, it's a, once I start that, it's a full, everyday, full-time mm-hmm. job. So we'll Very see. cool. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet. Thanks. Hi, this is Pat Hughes, Cubs announcer, coming to you from the sports card shop in beautiful New Buffalo, Michigan. The Gocher family has built an incredible place here for collectors to buy, sell, and trade cards and memorabilia. Be sure to stop by and let them show you around. TheSportsCardShop.com, connecting sports, athletes, the hobby, and collectors around the world. Hi, this is Tony Rice, and I'm here to tell you that the Gocher family has done it again. They just opened a sport card shop in downtown Valparaiso, Indiana, and it is awesome. If you're a collector, you need to check this place out. Tell them Tony sent you, and they get a free gift on your first visit. Well, there was about 200,000 additional square feet of, of floor space at this year's National, and they spread out to a few different exhibit halls. Craig's booth was in one of the newer areas that had not been used in the past, and as I was working my way back to the main floor, I wanted to stop at the Signatures for Soldiers booth. They are once again the lead charity partner of the National. They do some great work, and I wanted to talk with them about the work that they were doing, what it's like being at the National again as the lead charity partner. And so I was able to to have that conversation with Tim, their founder, and here it is. All right, here we are, day one of the show. The doors just opened. People are starting to flood, flood in, especially the VIP members. And I am here with Tim Vigilio, Signatures for Soldiers. We've talked over the last several years a few different times. I interviewed you at the last national at the ComC booth. But I'm here at your booth this time. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. I, I, I figured it's only kind enough. You invited me into your home. I invite you into mine. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I wanted to spend a few minutes just catching up again signature for soldiers is again the official charity partner of the national what's that mean to you to be able to kind of partner with them on a, on a stage like this to do the good things that you guys are doing for for our uh, soldiers yeah it's it's simply amazing um you know it's it's huge it, it's it's our biggest fundraiser of the year uh, and it allows us to get in front of so many people for a five-day period just to get the word out. I mean, uh, that in and of itself is huge. And then, then it's just the added bonus of being, you know, raising the money that we raise. So it's it, it, it's huge. It's a huge boost for us. It's been neat to see the progression of your involvement here at the National yeah. these last few years. I remember the first time that we met, I think you had one table with a few boxes of autograph cards, yep. and now you've got a, a whole booth that is pretty much all um, signed items and other memorabilia items, things that people are able to buy. Where does that money go? How does Signatures for Soldiers take the funds from that? Where does that money go? Yeah, I think, so the first national we did was 2018 in Cleveland, and over the five days we raised $42,000. Or, I'm sorry, $4,200. Okay. And uh, last year's national we, we did almost 50000 so yeah, it it's definitely has grown. Um, as far as the money we raise, uh, again, all volunteer nonprofit. 
Um, we, we became an official nonprofit as of May of 2022. We have our board of directors. Um, I'm working with an accountant right now to file our five our uh, our IRS 990, which we have to file every year to be fully transparent. But where the money goes, um, we give grants to other small nonprofits that help homeless and disabled veterans so they can continue to do the work. Um, I do the personal vetting for those charities to make sure that we're not just simply sending money to pay somebody's salary. And then um, we've also expanded into um, direct need um, for, if there's a direct need for veterans, um, paying you know overdue utility bills, um, rent, things like that, um, just to make sure that they can continue to live independently. Very cool. Now, when, when we talked last, you had mentioned when you got things going, your goal was like to raise five or six hundred dollars. Right. Five hundred. Five hundred dollars. That was your goal, and you thought you'd be successful if you were able to do that. Yeah. Where are we at now with signature? <laughs> well, so last night um, we uh, had a live stream um, with with a company that's has been supporting us for several years. Um, they found out how close we were to a quarter million dollars. Um, we were a shade over $10,000 shy of that, and they were determined to hit that $10,000 goal. And uh, so before the doors even open for the national, we're, it, it's real for me to say this out loud, but we're over a quarter million dollars. That is amazing, and, yeah. and, and congratulations. Um, that wouldn't happen if you weren't doing good things, and, and people are starting to are recognizing that. So congratulations on Thank that. You. For many of the people listening here, the national is going to be over. They're going to right. be home. They weren't able to make it maybe to the show. If somebody wants to be involved with Signatures for Soldiers, if they want to support what you're doing, where can they go to find out what you're doing? Maybe buy some of the items that you've got signed and, and support in that way. Where can people go to support? Yeah, so uh, can always visit our website, uh, Signatures, the number four, soldiers.com. Um, and, and you can kind of see that we have an inventory tab. Um, after the national, I'm going to have to do a lot of work to get it updated. But uh, you, you, know, you can look to see what we have for sale through our inventory tab. Um, there's contact us uh, tab, so you can email us, um, or you can just email me directly, signatures for for soldiers at yahoo.com. Um, and then follow us on social media, Twitter and uh, Instagram and Facebook. Very cool. Thanks. I appreciate your time today, Tim. Thanks. I appreciate you. Well, after that conversation with Tim, I went back out onto the show floor to track down some more of these 61 tops needs that I had, and I had some more success. I visited two to three other dealers where they had some of the cards that I needed, and I was able to get all but one card in that little window of time. So I was down to one card, the 61 Mantle MVP card. That is the one that I still needed to get. I was de I was determined to get this card by the end of day one, and so I continued to, to search. And I was looking. I found a few tables that had them. The prices weren't exactly what I was looking to pay, but I was already able to start to see this crowd of people that were flooding the floor that had just gotten there from the, the VIP entrance, and there was gonna be even more people that were general admission tickets coming in a little bit later. When I showed up at 10 a.m., there was already a line of people picking up their VIP badges, and that was about six hours before the show opened, and like four hours before the VIP reception and the VIP event even started. And so you could tell from the very beginning that this crowd was gonna be something else this coming week, and boy, was it ever. 
I had a conversation with some longtime national attendees at the end of day one, and they had said from some of their dealer friends that there was at least one of them that said he did so much business on the first day that it surpassed his entire sales total for all the other nationals that he had been to. So it was his best national ever after the first day. I've heard some other people that had a maybe a little different experience, but I didn't hear from anyone by the end of the show who said that they had a slow national. It seemed like the traffic was nonstop. After I after I searched a little bit, after I was down to one card, I took a break at the ComC booth and I had a conversation with John Newman. You heard the interview that I, I ran a couple weeks ago when he had me on his show. I took a, a little break with him at the ComC booth just to talk about our experience up for day one so far and what our plans were for the rest of the show. I am here at the ComC booth sitting with John Newman, Sports Card Nation, catching up a little bit. Seems like we only get to see each other at the National. It is. This is, you know, I've heard people call this, I'm sure you, the family reunion. Um, you know, I mean, you're a Midwest guy. I'm an East Coast guy. Um, we missed you last year, unfortunately. So uh, I always look forward to, to seeing you and getting to chat with you a lot. You know, recording or not recording, either either or. A couple of years ago when we were go- when we were coming, it was your first one a few years ago. It was my second one at the time. I was still feeling overwhelmed when I walked in. I, I don't. You didn't know what to expect either. You had said it was your first national. Now we've been at it a, a few like, more years. We're grizzled, we're grizzled veterans. We, we are. Have you had a chance to walk this new layout, this new a, setup that they've a got li- yet? A little bit, a little bit. Not the not the full effect yet, but uh, you know, probably tomorrow I can probably give more of an assessment. You know, it's Wednesday when we're, we're doing this, so there's a little, a little more elbow room today, probably comparatively speaking to what we're going to have in the next few days and definitely Friday and, and Saturday uh, rolls around here. So, you know, I'm enjoying the, the elbow room, but uh, uh, I, don't, I think we're going to be a little more packed as the week rolls on. It definitely feels a lot more like my first national this year. As I walked the floor, I I had gotten to the point where I had a general feel for how the layout was, right? But now with these new rooms and these kind of new halls that are set up, it's kind of completely turned me around. I'm still uh, trying to find things and remember where a a certain booth was and that type of thing. So it's a little bit more of a challenge again. So I was just curious if you'd had a chance to do that. The other thing that I was wondering for you coming in here again this year, do you have any specific acquisition targets you're going to be looking for at the at the show this year? Yeah, yeah, I'm a vintage guy. I've really, especially the last few years, Mike. I've always been, but I've really geared, uh, shifted that way. So I've got like six or eight. I'm not going to get them all. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not Rob G. So I'm not going to be able to get all of those. But if I can pull off two of them, some, you know, uh, it's not a secret. It's you know, I like to get a Clemente rookie. I'm a uh, my PC is, is great at Hall of Fame uh, rookie cards, so Clemente, Seaver's on my list, uh, Bob Gibson uh, is on that list. Uh, last year I was fortunate to knock Koufax off the list. Uh, there's a f- running joke there. I stole the card that Danny Black uh, wanted. He did. There's a happy ending to the story. He did get it uh, uh, this year, so we both have one now. So those are, and, and even, you know, uh, 
a more of a modern car, uh, Connor McDavid, Young Guns uh, uh, on that list uh, as well. So I like to try to get two or three of those type of cards. Doesn't guarantee, as you know, there's no guarantee, um, but uh, at least it, it's on the list to begin with. And last year, I didn't get the Koufax and Spawn rookies till to Saturday, which was my last day in Atlantic City. So I, I waited till the wire. I wasn't sure. I thought it might strike out and uh, just happened to get it at the last minute. So you talked a little bit about your card goals there. Some good targets to be shooting for. I've already seen a few of those on the floor, so I'm, I'm sure yeah. you're going to be able to find one. But is it the right one? That'll be the question. Yeah. One of the other things that, that you and I talk about sometimes is coming to the National, it's not just about the cards for us. There's other things that we want to accomplish. What other goals do you have when it comes to the National? You know, What are some of the other things that you want to do and experience while you're here? We're doing one right now, right? Talking to you. Like I said, we're recording, but even when we're not recording, people have gotten to know uh, that you're going to meet for the first time in person or for the third, fourth, fifth time, right? It's, it's, you look forward to the, you know, as you know, hobbies, the people's tagline of Sports Card Nation. And, and, you know, we all have that common thread with we're being card collectors, but it's, it's more than just the cards. It's the, the stories behind the cards, you know, acquiring them and just talking about, you know, the fraternity of, of card collectors, people. I always call this like we're all in the same fraternity. Might went to different schools, but when it comes to card collecting, we're all in that same fraternity. So seeing people again, you circle that week every year, and you look forward to it, and you, you know, you count the days down. And uh, so that's for one. Uh, like you, I'll do a few interviews uh, on the floor. I'll probably do turnabout as fair play uh, as well, and, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, it's always fun, and, and buying some cards and, and going to dinner with, with folks. Uh, I know we'll be doing Hobby News Daily, something we're both part of actually later tonight. And uh, that kind of stuff, right, is, is you can't put prices on, on those kind of memories and moments, and I think they're, they're important. One thing I wanted to ask, too, this is something that I've never done in my years of coming. Do you or have you brought cards that you wanted to try to sell or move or trade? Has that been a part of your approach to the National in acquiring some of these cards that you're looking for? Or have you come kind of purely to, to buy? Yeah, I think I'm the exception to the rule. I'm a guy that just, and again, I'm not rich or I don't want to come across, but I'm more of a just buy and sell guy. And when I say sell, more at shows that I set up at, not necessarily here. So when I come to the National, most of the time I'm, I'm flying in, unless it's Atlantic City like last year. But even last year, Mike, I didn't really bring any cards. So I'm more just like, I have a budget, you know, what I've saved, that I've talked about on the show. Uh, and, and when it's gone, it's gone. Sometimes you use the credit card. I'm not endorsed. I'm not endorsing that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty disciplined about paying stuff like that back. Um, uh, which helps to be able to do that, but um, yeah, I'm more or less if buy it rather than trade or, or or sell. A lot of times, you know, when I'm set up at a show, I will I will buy or sell or trade. But when I come here, just because most of the time I'm flying, um, I'm just packing light and traveling as light as I as I can. So 
Um, that's just me. But I know it's huge, to, to, and it, it makes sense. I just, and I don't think, I, you know, it's funny. As a dealer, you say, well, you should be good at that. It's different when you're not behind the table. You know that uh, as well as I. It's not the same, and I don't know how good at it I'd actually be. Uh, I'm better at it behind my own table than to to do it like at someone else's table. Yeah, that's something I've never really participated in either, even to that extent of bringing stuff to take to one of the many trade nights and doing all of that. I just haven't wanted to worry about managing my own inventory. I just have been wanting yeah. to focus on things that I'm not able to find other places or that I want to pick up in person. Last question I've got for you. One of the other great things about the National is the opportunity to talk with representatives from the variety of different hobby companies that are out there We've had so many new ones start up over this last couple of years. I'm looking forward over these next few days to getting a chance to talk face-to-face -face with some of these folks, learn more about what their business is all about, how they hope to improve the experience for collectors. I was curious if there's anybody that you're aware of off the bat that you had flagged as somebody that you want to go talk to, one of these companies you want to go talk to and learn more about. Well, you, let, you know, we both enjoy the TOPS Q&A. It's an opportunity maybe not to record anything, but to... A, you know, ask anything we want. We've I've attended those along with you. I know uh, this year. I think they're doing it a little different, so we might not we might not get in. You know, uh, it's a raffle. Um, I get it. I understand they're trying to be fair to everyone, not just the, the people who rush to get in line like us. Uh, so I understand it. Uh, it'd be a little disappointing, and I'm sure you'd be disappointed to not be able to attend that. But I get they're trying to be fair about it. Um, but yeah, anything hobby-wise, right? You know, you've been in it a long time. I've been in a long time. I'm going to be in it till the end. And, and so you want the hobby to be successful and thrive and and to ask questions to, to see if that's the direction uh, someone is heading. So. I always relish that, that opportunity. And even being vintage, Mike, you know, uh, it's still, I still care about the modern aspect uh, of the hobby for the future generations uh, that are coming. I started uh, like you as a kid, you know, seven years old. And so uh, you want this hobby to be around, and it will be. I don't, you know, I'm not one of, neither one of us are one of those chicken little the sky's falling guys that there's a there's a few of those uh, we don't fall under that umbrella but but you also want that you know the hobby's not going anywhere but you also want it to be thriving and, and doing well uh, too where it is you know attractive to kids and adults uh, alike very cool well i appreciate this you spending a few minutes today here on day one catching up a little bit and uh, sharing a little bit about what your plans are for the Nationals. So thanks for joining no, me, John. This is, this is always fun, Mike. Thanks. Good seeing you. Well, after that conversation with John, the next thing on my agenda for day one was to drop off a few cards with CGC. I had had Andy on a couple weeks ago to talk about the, the new name of, of CGC, the CSG and CGC merging into all of their grading under one name. I wanted to try out grading with them on site. They were offering a $20 special for on-site grading to have your cards graded there at the show back by the end of the show and I wanted to give them a try. So I had a few cards that I had been considering grading. I had a real nice 1977 Wonder Bread Star Wars card 
black borders. Sometimes those are tough. And this one looked pretty sharp. I said, I'll, I'll give this a shot and see what this is all about. I had an 89 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. rookie. I had a 2001 Tiger Woods rookie. I had a Drew Brees Tops rookie card. And I had two Bret Hart rookies from 87, the regular card as well as the sticker. And I wanted to see what this grading experience was going to be like with CGC. So I dropped those cards off with them on Wednesday afternoon, opened up my account, got things dropped off, and I wanted to see what things were going to be like. And so I'll go ahead and share what that the results of that were, what that experience was like. And uh, even though I didn't get things back on day one and we're on kind of a day one show, I'll, I'll go ahead and share the results. So the Wonder Bread Star Wars card, being that they've got a separate grading team for non-sports entertainment type cards and sports, that card, actually, that was back by the next morning. So I paid the the $20 end of show fee, but I got the text that that card was ready to pick up by Thursday morning. And it came back as an 8, which is a pretty strong grade for that set, being a, a 77 set and black borders all around, all of that type of stuff. So that was really cool. I was really impressed that pretty much an overnight process to get that card dropped off and get it back first thing the next morning. The other uh, five sports cards that I had dropped off, they came back actually Friday morning. And I was able to pick those up Friday morning and was able to see some pretty cool results. The The Bret Hart's were not as good as I would have hoped. Uh, I think I got a seven on both of those. But the Drew Brees ended up coming back as a 10. The Tiger Woods came back as a 10. And the Upper Deck King Griffey Jr. rookie came back as a 9.5. They look really nice in those holders, super clear plastic. I was able to get them in some graded card sleeves to protect them a little bit more and was real happy with the overall experience. Customer service was great. Like I said, I've not been a huge grader in the past. This was actually the first submission I've ever sent in direct without using a, a, another third-party service. And that, in that case, that was only a handful of cards too, but... If there are certain types of cards, vintage, some other PC-related cards, things like that that are worthy of getting graded, I would definitely recommend checking out CGC. They're an affordable option, quick turnaround times, and I was happy with my firsthand experience. Well, that is going to wrap up day one. That's what I have to share for what my day one national experience was like if you weren't there, I hope that gave you a little bit of a flavor of, of some of the conversations that were happening, what the experience was like there. Come back next week. I'm going to share a few more interviews from day two and day three, and you can hear what, where things were at, how things were developing over the course of that show. Well, that is all I have for you today. Reach out to me on Twitter and let me know what you think or X, or whatever we're calling it these days. You can find me there at the Mike Summer. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and um, also on threads at WaxPackHero. You can send me an email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. I'd love to know what you think. That's all I've got for you today, so I'll catch you next time.